welcome to A Practical Home, a podcast for home and hearth magic. I'm Mandy, your host, and I'm glad you could join me this week. I took a couple of weeks off um, from the podcast so that I could spend some time with my family as we went through our Samhain celebrations and our new moon rituals and just some general family time. It was really nice. Um, This is the time of year where we're trying to consciously um, slow down and spend more time having just quiet family-related activities, and so it's been a, a peaceful couple of weeks. Magically speaking, I have been working on a few money spells in the house that I'm either going to talk about in the next episode or the one after. I haven't quite decided. I think it really depends on how um, how much progress one of these spells makes in the next couple of weeks. But that has been fun. I'll certainly share some pictures on Instagram of the little money altar that I'm building. We had one in our previous house, but I hadn't built one here yet in this house, and so I've been working on that. As I mentioned in the last episode, we've largely just been getting ready for baby number two. As of the recording of this episode, I am a little over six weeks. I'm like six and a half weeks away from um, when uh, baby will be here. And so we're down to the last couple of weeks of crunch time, lots of stuff to clean, buy, organize, whatnot. Not nearly as uh, frantic of an occasion as when our older child was born because we didn't didn't really know what to expect, overprepared in some areas, underprepared in others. And so um, obviously this time around, it's going a bit more smoothly. Excuse me, I need to grab a drink of tea here. Ooh, it's actually pretty good. I've talked a lot about coffee in past episodes. I'm definitely a coffee drinker over a tea drinker. But I do love tea. I haven't had a cup of tea actually in in quite a while, it feels like. And I reached into my tea cabinet today and and grabbed um, uh, a new blend that I hadn't had before. I buy a lot of my tea from the Spice Merchant, which is a local um, spice coffee tea uh, outlet here in, in in the area. Um, So this one is Orange Cookie Black. That's the name of it. It contains black tea, apple pieces, cinnamon bits, coriander, cardamom pods, orange slices, pink pepper, and cloves. It it actually tastes like another one of their flavors that I can't think of the name right now. Like very, very similar. But I can taste a bit more of some of the um, clove and pepper tones from this tea. It's it's pretty good. It reminds me of a, a good fall blend. I do have a main topic for today's episode, um, or a primary topic, but before I get into it, there have just been a few things that have been weighing heavily on my mind, and I just kind of wanted to chit-chat and share some of those um, in case you know you're going through something similar or you're considering something similar. So obviously, as we're hitting that rush, not only for for our family with baby number two, but we're getting right up against the commercial holiday season for Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything in between, life has been picking up around, around here. I'm sure it has for everyone. Our days have started to get so much busier. 
we're starting to feel all these added pressures of needing to to do this and that. You know, we're we're struggling to kind of balance some of our house chores, keep the house manageable, make all these big hearty fall meals, winterizing the property. It just seems like we have so much to do at one time and um, I've always been a very big proponent for trying to have a slow morning routine to ease yourself into the day. And in the last couple of weeks, I've really been kind of throwing that out and just looking at trying really hard to have slow days. Um, you know, anytime we finish work, my husband and I both currently work from home. And anytime we finish work, one of our first thoughts is, okay, now that it's five o'clock, what are we going to do tonight? Do we need to leave the house and go somewhere? And I'm the kind of person who loves to travel, get out of the house every so often and um, go for drives. But I've been trying to stop myself lately and saying, no, why don't we just put on a movie or put on some music and stay home I guess just fighting against that hustle bustle mentality and not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just, it's so, it's so stressful. And I, I feel for everyone at this time of year, because I know it affects so many people, if not everyone, this just urgency to get through this season as quickly as possible and do so many things and be a super hero. And, um, I just don't, I don't, I don't have the energy for it. I know that I have to be honest with myself that I, I don't have the energy to keep up. Um, you know, even just cleaning my house is a challenge these days. I really don't have the energy to run 15 errands a night either. So I don't know the having my tea on this afternoon, I guess has made me think of that, of just trying to have slower, more, um, I guess, mindful or appreciative days and nights, not just that morning routine before kiddos wake up or before you have to head to work. Just enjoying every part of the day if you can. I guess what I'm trying to say at the end of of my rant there is I'm, I'm just hoping for for peace and a stress-free season for everybody out there. And um, I hope that you don't have to, you know, fight with crowns and deal with all that hustle mentality right now and, and that you can kind of just enjoy enjoy the world for what it is, enjoy the season for what it is, and um, yeah, just hope for some peace and relaxation for you. The other thing that I have been thinking about a lot, especially since Samhain, is pagan and witchy parenting. Um, I identify as both a a witch and a pagan. Um, I have a religious practice that I follow. And it's... You know, it's always so scary and, um, you know, causes so much anxiety for me to, to think about how people outside of my family and outside of those who are like-minded 
might feel about bringing my beliefs and bringing my celebrations and my practices into my family and letting that influence my children. And when my daughter was younger, I I suppose I didn't think about it that much because she was so small. She couldn't really participate in um, many family events anyway. Um, she, she, this is probably the first year that she really understands, um, you know, like Halloween and Christmas time and things like that. But she, she's getting older. We're, we're almost at two with her and we have, um, another on the way. And, uh, when we had our Samhain celebration with my family, it, it really, it meant a lot to me that we were able to incorporate her into our ritual and and give her a job and um, let her be a part of the celebration. She didn't, of course, understand all of the elements of it, but she was really happy to be involved. And that just meant so much to me to see her, um, you know, participating in what's such a big part of my life. And I've mentioned this before that my husband and I live in the Bible Belt, basically the buckle, and um, there's a lot of prejudice in this area, and it's a very conservative religion area, and, um, you know, I'm just not sure how people would react if, you know, my daughter told them, um, you know, that she was participating in this in my celebrations and things like that with me. And, um, so it's just, it's just been things that I've, I've been, um, I've been thinking about and I, and I, I know that I shouldn't be afraid. I'm not worried about facing adversity myself because I'm an adult and I can handle it. I just, I think I always have a fear of her being shunned or judged or more importantly, harassed and bullied, hurt. And, um, you know, I'm like, how, how much do I share with her about, you know, what we're doing? When do I tell her that I identify as a witch and that I practice magic in the house? And, you know, I worship a, a pantheon of deities that does not fit the Abrahamic religion that is by far the dominant, uh, the dominant religion in our area. Now, my husband, Um, was raised in the Christian church and very much identifies with Christian practices. And we don't discourage them in this house and we incorporate them uh, as well. We we blend it all together um, kind of for a well-rounded, hopefully a well-rounded religious and spiritual experience for for our family. We celebrate some uh, Abrahamic holidays as well as pagan holidays. So Abrahamic practices are not something that she would be unfamiliar with, so she would have a strong understanding of both. A few weeks before Samhain happened, um, I started incorporating her into um, our um, cleansing practices around the house when I perform my house cleansings uh, every month because she was so interested in what I would do. She would follow me around the house and mimic me, and so... Um, you know, I gave her a job and, um, she has her own, uh, one of mine, but she uses a a miniature besom, (laughs) which is really cute. And, um, you know, as I was sweeping out energy, I was kind of letting her know what I was doing and, and she was mimicking me and we were 
showing her how to, to move the energy out of the home. And she also, of course, loves ringing bells. So going through and breaking up the energy, she was more than happy to ring a bell with me and, and shout when I shouted and things like that. And that was so much fun. I really loved having her be a part of that. And, and she really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, when I went to do my next round a couple of weeks later, um, she held out her hand for her items and, and wanted to participate. And it was really adorable and, and was very special for me. And then I guess that fear kind of crept in of, you know, when she starts going to school and talking about these types of activities with her schoolmates, how's this going to come across? You know, how, how are students and more importantly, teachers or parents of other students going to feel about her uh, saying that she's, you know, having candle lighting ceremonies with mom or that she's, um, you know, sweeping energy and, and negative spirits out of the home with a broom. Just, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I'm silly to, to fear it. Um, I know some areas of the world are a lot more progressive than where I live and this isn't really an issue, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it weighs heavy on me as we're having another child. And, and I think, you know, am I, am I doing the right thing by bringing them into the fold very quickly? I, I mean, I always, of course, want them to make their own decisions and, if she's not interested, then obviously no participation will happen. Um, and if she gets older and wants to uh, participate in another practice, another religion, whatever it might be, I mean, obviously my husband and I are very open-minded and, and, and don't have a preference for what they do. But um, I, I just, I, I so worry that, um, you know, how, how people will feel about her and, and how she'll feel about that interaction with them. Um, you know, I don't know if you, dear listener, have any experience in this. I would love <laughs> some advice for how to ease my fears and anxieties. And maybe you've had bad situations with um, people outside of your circle and, and are comfortable sharing that experience. I just... I'm just surprised at how, um, I guess how much I'm thinking about it now. I don't really know why Salwin triggered it for me, but we're getting ready to set up in the house well, in a couple of weeks for Yule. And in, in our household, we practice, um, we, or we celebrate Yule and Christmas since my husband was used to growing, he grew up with Christmas. So we pretty much have, um, more of like a dinner and, uh, I suppose more of a spiritual celebration uh, during Yule, and then we do have a Christmas Eve get together and a and a Christmas Day get together, and um, we'll be doing that again this year. This will be our our last as a family of three, and um, I know that she'll be more aware of things as we get going, and um, we don't use Santa Claus in our celebrations. And, um, you know, we instead talk about different pagan stories and, um, you know, incorporate some Wiccan lore into, um, you know, our, our story times and things like that around this, this season. And so, um, I guess just getting set up for that has, has really made me 
uh, start to question, is it too early, you know, to, to, to introduce this to her? Is there a better way to introduce it to her? Should I be doing it at all? Um, I think at the end of the day, the answer to that last question is yes. I, I think it's important for her to know who her parents are really and how they feel and how they, how they practice spirituality and how they believe, but it's still, um, kind of nerve wracking. And, and I, I just don't, um, I don't want to set herself up for, or I don't want to set her up for, um, you know, being hurt. I'm actually really thankful for a lot of books and online resources that were certainly not available for my parents when I was growing up and they were having to hide things from me um, because they were worried how I would feel about them and, and what my friends and, and their parents would say. Um, but I, I really appreciate having, um, you know, like parenting, like pagan books and, and um, books like C is for Coven and, and things like that, that, you know, we can introduce, um, introduce these ideas in a, in a lighter a lighter way for the kiddos and so many really great online resources and communities out there as well for pagan parents and um you know i feel like that always gives me confidence in in sharing myself with my daughter and and you know how i will continue to practice in the future but then i, I guess something about the seasonal change has has made me start to doubt doubt my confidence in that Okay, enough of me rambling. I'm going to have some more tea and then we can move on to another topic. <laughs> In the same vein as trying to have slower and more intentional um, days, nights, mornings, and everything in between, I have been trying to spend more time with my house plants that I have around. I really enjoy caring for them. It's very soothing to my soul and um, I like to incorporate my plants in many different ways in my home. But lately I feel like I've been going through the motions of just watering, pruning, and, and not really sitting and, and spending time with them. I have a lot of plants that I have to sort of prep for winter. So I finished up the last of my repotting that I needed to do. I've been checking soils, making sure if I, you know, need to add something, I, I take care of that. I've also been moving a few of them around for better light. And I'm just in general trying to be more mindful of their needs. It was just happenstance that I saw on Instagram a couple of weeks ago uh, that Humble Bundle was selling a book of witchy books, or a bundle of witchy books. I can't remember, it was like 24 books or something like that. And uh, I looked through what they had, and there were a number of books on the bundle that I actually had on my uh, wish list that I hadn't picked up yet in person. And so I went ahead and picked up that Humble Bundle. I'm not sure if it's still available or not, um, but if it is, I, I recommend it. I think it was only 23 or $24 to pick up the whole, the whole bundle of books. One of the books included in there is Plant Witchery by Juliet Diaz, which has definitely been a book that is on my wish list or was on my wish list. I'm always very interested in 
witchcraft books that are directed at things um, that I have in my home very easily. The last couple of books that I've read have incorporated decor and home design into uh, witchcraft practices. And that's right up my alley because that's very accessible to me. I can change out pillows or throw blankets or rearrange my room and uh, adjust what accessories I have out. Um, and similarly, I can work on the house plants that I introduce into my house and see if they have more of a, a spiritual meaning behind them or if they work better with my practices than some others. So this isn't a plant book review or anything like that, but if you're looking at plant witchery and you're not really sure if you're interested, I wanted to highlight a few plants that they had in here that I was interested to see the correspondences of because I have them in my house already and so this helped me um, identify if maybe the plants were in a different room or if I could be using them in a different way. As of today, I have not read all the way through Plant Witchery. Um, so I'm kind of just going through the table of contents here and picking out a few plants that I wanted to highlight really quick. I was surprised to see that air plants were on the list of um, different, different plants to be aware of for their correspondences. I always forget that I have air plants. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't have many of them. Um, but I, I, for some reason, I always kind of forget about them. And I think it's because they are so low maintenance. I only have to water them, um, you know, like once a month for one of my air plants. And I just kind of forget that it's there at times. But the particular type that I have, the Tillandsia, it's uh, identified as being... Um, their magical properties are purification, balance, and freedom from cares. And so I, it got me thinking, did I put this in the right room for purification, balance, or freedom from cares? And I do have it in my living room, which is where I try and have um, a lot of my feel-good, I guess, magical items, um, you know, since that's our area where we all chill out as a family. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Another on the list was Calathea, and it didn't specify any species, so I'm going to say this is probably for any Calathea that you might have in your collection, but it's identified with the properties of strength, balance, and clarity. I thought it really <laughs> funny, I suppose, that it was identified with the property of strength, because do you, if you're a plant keeper, do you have that one species of plants that is just the bane of your existence because for me it's calathea <laughs> they're so beautiful and i just i just struggle so hard keeping them alive they always get spider mites and i just uh they're the my last calathea succumbed to spider mite infestations and i vowed I wasn't going to have any more Calathea in this house, <laughs> but I know a lot of people really love Calathea. They're gorgeous. And so if you have them, strength, balance, and clarity are their properties. Moving through this list some more, and this is a huge list of plants in their table of contents. Uh, it says 200 plants. I haven't counted. I don't know if it's around 200 plants or if it's actually 200 even that are um, a part of this uh, book. But they also have the ponytail palm, uh, which I have a ponytail palm. I know a lot of people do, but I, I guess I don't think of them 
as being a common plant. So I was really excited to see it in the book. Balance again for this plant, psychic ability and happiness. Our ponytail palm currently sits in my husband's office. So I hope it brings him some happiness there. Pothos, of course, was always included as well. I have so many types of pothos in our house or pothos, I've heard it pronounced. Um, I love them so much and I have one in probably every room. It's associated with success, prosperity, and spiritual development, which works out fantastically because I have a couple of them sitting in my spiritual room and um, a lot of them around my altar spaces. So that works out really well. That was a bit of a, a coincidence there. It's interesting. And I should note that they don't, in the book, they don't just list the properties associated. There's also a, a section for medicinal, um, other magical details, and a plant wisdom for each plant, but I just won't go through those. And the last plant on the list, and one that I was really happy to see, was the ZZ plant. This is, is associated with wisdom, self-awareness, and spiritual development. I was surprised to see that the ZZ plant was not associated with strength, because that is the impossible to kill plant. ZZ plants can live through everything and thrive on neglect. I was so surprised to see that wasn't an association, but the wisdom and spiritual development, I do find them to be, um, when they're in your area, to be very um, motivating and um, uh, helping, aiding and focus. Um, and so I, I, I can see that I keep them in my office and have one in my office at, at my office. I have one in my office in my office. I have one in my office in the uh, corporate building that I work in. So that was just a little um, thing that I've been reading through. Um, can't say if I recommend it or not, because like I said, I have not gone through the whole book, but I was super excited to see those items there. And I think incorporating houseplants, no matter which species you're looking at, into your practice is such an easy and wonderful thing to do. Plants can serve so many different purposes and can be, as I mentioned, how they are for me, they can be very healing and very soothing. And I, I really love just having them around my home. My home is, is very full of them. I mentioned a few episodes back about house plants and how they can serve for protection and uh, stand a bit as guardians in your space or in your home in general. And that's very true. Houseplants can absorb so much energy around us and from us. And I feel that they're a great alarm system if you either have some type of outside force that's negatively attacking you, or maybe if you are the source of negativity in your home and you need to cleanse yourself and get rid of it, I think if you have something like that attached to you, it's definitely going to show up in your plants because they're not going to be thriving. You may have more dead leaves than normal, or particularly if it's out of season, and they just may not be responding to you very well. When you bond with your house plants and really spend time caring for them and understanding their needs, you do have a communication back and forth with them. You you understand when there's something wrong, sometimes the thing that's wrong may be you. 
since they're so great at being that ward and that guardian of your sacred space, it's so easy to add a little extra nourishment to them for heightened protection and just general growth of your plants. I think that mixing up my own soil and my own fertilizer is one of my favorite things that I do in my spiritual practice because I can select individual ingredients, set my intentions on each ingredient, and uh, really focus my energy when I'm mixing all of it together. And I just feel a lot more connected to the soil that's going into my houseplants, even the soil that's going into my garden beds when I have my garden up and going. Eggshells and coffee grounds, banana peels are really fantastic to put into your fertilizer, into your soil. And they also have their own properties, each of them, that can benefit your plants and then benefit your practice. For some of my plants that I have a stronger connection to than others, because some of my plants I have had for a number of years and they've gone through a lot with me, I do like to add sigils to either the inside of their pot container or sometimes the outside because I know that they're they've they've kind of um what am I trying to say here I know they've kind of been through hell and back for me and have clued me into a lot of um negative energy and and been a great alarm system for me so I want to add that extra layer of protection you can of course do that to every single one of your plants but I do have so many that Sometimes I only do it when it's a plant that's really special to me. Um, but of course, adding sigils is something that you can easily um, add with either an oil or a Sharpie or something similar to that to their planter. And um, that gives them that extra layer of armor. I'm also a very big believer in using crystals to support plants when it comes to protecting them and helping them grow. You know, moss agate is a fantastic stone to use um, when you're encouraging growth. You can throw a general quartz crystal in there for any purpose that you're looking at. That's usually the two combination that I have. When I'm planting up a new pot, I'll toss in some quartz pieces and some moss agate pieces. And um, those will already have their, um, their intention set on them. And I, I just think it helps my plants grow a lot better and, and helps me build a better connection with them. I do have a few special things that I do for watering and general care of my plants as well, aside from their soil. I don't always use moon water because I'm just not great about setting out several gallons of moon water because that's how much it would take to water all of my plants in one sitting. I think it's I probably need four gallons to, to, to fill everything. I usually only make <laughs> one, one jar of moon water, uh, per cycle. If I'm, if I'm on it really lucky, um, with my timing, but you can use moon water for all of your plants. I, um, bless all the water that I use anyway, even if it's just filtered water that I give them. Um, I still make sure that it's, you know, I've, I've set my intention and, and when I'm watering my plants, I also like to consider the activity that I'm performing and if it has any other meaning for me. So to kind of, I know that's a bit cryptic. So if I am working in particular with um, the earth element 
or if I'm working with a deity and that deity is either represented by that plant in my mind or maybe I've given that plant to the deity as an offering that I'll care for it as an offering for them I try to be very mindful of that when I'm watering and doing my pruning of the plant and and each activity that that I perform is a very spiritual and purposeful um, task. I think plants are such a great way to connect to deity as well. Even if you don't have a more earth-associated deity that you're interested in or that you're working with or worshiping, still um, there are plants that represent all elements and have different associations and typically at least one of those associations can tie into the deity and having that um that routine intentional practice of caring for something living um is a great way to show dedication to a deity and i think i i think in my opinion, probably all deities appreciate that kind of um, effort put in for them. Primarily what I really love about houseplants is the self-love benefits that I receive, the mental health benefits that I receive from caring for them. It's very special for me to bond with plants and take time with them and I have a number of plants that I talk to when I'm caring for them and I do feel like talking or singing to your plants does assist them during the growing season. I've, you know, I've done some experiments of kind of ignoring one and, and talking to the other. I've definitely seen it. So I'm a believer in that growth. Plants are also very stress relieving. At least they are for me. In my opinion, as a houseplant caregiver, if your houseplant collection is stressing you out, you need to eliminate something. There's, there should never be the goal of having the 400 collection, 400 plant collection because you're trying to keep up with somebody on YouTube or on Instagram or even your next door neighbor. It should be a plant collection that is manageable for you, even if it is a collection of one. If one is all that you can handle for plants, then one is all that you need. I, whenever I, my, I feel that my collection has grown to a point where I can't keep up with it, I definitely um, get rid of those plants. Likewise, if I have plants that we don't bond or I cannot care for them properly because some energy in my home is just not meshing with them, I do find other homes for them and only keep plants that, um, that I can can make that relationship work with. But they do add a certain amount of stress relief for me. I find it very relaxing to prune them and I really like the routine of watering them and checking soil. I have a hand lens, a magnifying glass, and I look for bugs and there's just something very, very peaceful about um, all of those little tasks. I'm very much someone who likes to add the earth element into their home and that's my favorite way to do it. Most of my rooms are full of plants and my husband doesn't mind us having a jungle around and uh, I, I just, I feel really, I guess, more at ease 
when I have their growth surrounding me. I think it makes me feel more like I can grow as a person and I can change and, and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're very similar. I also really love adding living things onto my altars and on all of my working spaces that I have. I think having that, that life right next to where I'm performing calls to the universe, not only makes my magic stronger, makes me feel, but it makes me feel more confident and um, relaxes me more and, and I can focus easier when I have something like that in my close vicinity. So I'm turning around here to look. I have two plants on directly on my altar space right now that I have a close relationship with. And then I have two plants that sit on one of my other working spaces and then I have uh, another altar in another part of my house. And I think there's, I know, without looking at it, I think there's four plants on that area. And I think just that's how much space I had. And I'm the kind of person who just fills it up with plant pots whenever I have a surface. But um, it, it's, it's really added a lot of um, life and joy to those areas of my home. And to that part of my practice. When making charm bags, which is something that I... I often do in my practice. I'm, I'm a big charm bag person. I love taking little snippets of my plants that I feel like they're associated with whatever my working is and, and putting them in there. Um, you know, looking at this plant witchery book and those set associations, I mentioned that some of them I was surprised by and maybe I disagree with some of those associations. I think a lot of houseplant association is how you feel about those houseplants. If a certain plant makes you think about abundance because of how full the plant is, and so that's what you associate it with, then if you're doing a working for abundance, I, I highly recommend including that plant in there, no matter what a book may say. For me, philodendron, um, what are they? Cordatum, the heartleaf philodendron. I associate with abundance. I've, I've always done that because they explode with life during their growing season. They get so full. I have one that has been with me for a really long time that is uh, very viney. I love um, uh, hanging vining plants. I do let some of mine climb on moss poles, but I love that overhang look on some of them. And when it gets a little bit too long, I cut it and I propagate it. And that's how you end up with a hundred houseplants <laughs> like I do. Um, but I, I love incorporating philodendron heartleaf into some of those abundance bags that I make because that's how I feel like it connects to that association. And when I've been moving plants around for the seasonal changes, which I know you're not really supposed to move them too much, let them get adapt to your light, but some of them do require more light in the winter time, or I want to keep them in an area that's going to have a higher humidity. My uh, altar room is also my plant room, and so I keep that at a higher humidity level, and it's warmer in here. And um, some of my, particularly my tropical plants, I move in here um, during the winter time so that they can thrive. But when you're moving plants around, something that I'm trying to look into and, and could be fun for you as well is 
Look at those associations or decide what you associate with those plants and identify if those associations match up with the room that they're in. For example, if you have a plant that you associate or that you have read is, is associated with love, lust, passion, anything like that, those items, those plants would probably be better suited in a uh, bedroom, in your bedroom, if you're able to accommodate the light need that they have. Um, but similarly, if you have one that is more relaxed and about balance, relaxation, um, eliminating stress, you might want to consider putting that in either a bathroom for bath rituals, things like that, or in your living room where you typically go to relax. If you're not a houseplant person, but maybe you're interested in it and you want some more information on houseplant or botanical references, I am not a, a library of green magic or houseplant reference books, but a few that I would suggest looking into that I'm familiar with. Number one, pretty much anything by Ellen Dugan, um, especially cottage witchery is going to have some references of plants that might help you out. This book I, I mentioned earlier, Plant Witchery by Juliette Diaz, has been pretty insightful so far. For the most part, any book catered to green magic or green witches will probably have some associations or details in there. You can also check out Herbal Almanacs. Um, I mentioned that in my last episode, the Herbal Llewellyn Herbal Almanac for 2022 has a lot of interesting tidbits in there for plant references. And sometimes some of the best plant care guides are those old school vintage books. I have, uh, I think it's a Better Home and Garden book. I can't remember now. Success with house, house plants. I feel like its copyright date is in the late 70s. That might be wrong. Um, but I picked it up at a thrift store and it's one of my favorite houseplant books. I actually write in it, um, different magical things or ways that I feel about the plant or anything that I've learned that the, the, the book doesn't cover. I jot that down in, in my, in my book directly on the pages. And I like to use it as a really cool uh, plant reference guide. Thank you so much for chatting with me this week about houseplants, my new found love apparently for, for tea again, and um, letting me vent about parenting struggles, um, being a pagan. If you have anything that you want to share with me, whether it be your houseplant collection, which I would love to see, or if you have any thoughts on pagan parenting, um, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at a practical home podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at a practical home. And of course, anytime you can email me at a practical home podcast at gmail.com. And I hope you have a beautiful, stress free, relaxing week until we speak again. So until next time, bye bye. Mm-hmm.